Hey, Father, we thank you for uh, for JJ Rasmussen, and we thank you um, for his willingness to serve you, to study, to to preach your word, uh, and uh, and teach it, and, and get it out to us. Uh, we thank you for the blessing of having him here this morning. And uh, Lord, uh, we just pray that our hearts will be open to what you have to say to us, uh, and that our our lives will be changed um, by um, the word that's that's given to us. Um, Lord, uh, yeah, thank you for your grace and your blessings to us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Good morning. It's a privilege to be here and uh, for me and my wife to be here. Uh, Kathy, could you stand up so they could? It's my better half. Uh, she's the one who keeps me in line. She's the one who, yeah, makes life possible for me. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I'm very, very thankful for, for my wife and just what a blessing she is and always has been to me. So, uh, to introduce myself, before we get to, to Mark 6:53, to introduce myself, I thought it'd be good maybe to give you a short lesson in geography first. Uh, first of all, you all know where the U.S. is, huh? America. My wife is from the U.S., and she is from the east coast of the U.S. It's a place called Maryland, which is right north of Washington, D.C., and um, I am from, uh, okay, do uh, you know where Iceland is? North Atlantic. Uh, you know where Norway is. You know where England is, of course, and Scotland, okay? If you take the center point of those three places, Iceland, Norway, and Scotland, there's a small group of islands up there called the Faroe Islands. And uh, it's part of Scandinavia. It's actually... If you, if you know geography again, England and Scotland, there are three groups of islands north of, of England or Scotland. Orkney Islands, and then there's the Shetland Islands, and then there are the Faroe Islands. And uh, all three of those islands were at one point part of Denmark. And uh, there was a Danish king who was not that good in economics, and he was in debt, so he sold Orkney Islands to the British. Then he kept being in debt, so he sold the Shetland Islands to the, to the British. And then he even wanted to sell the Faroe Islands to the British, but the British said, no, no, enough's enough. So, <laughs> so Faroes are still part of Denmark. And that's where I was born and raised. And um, I still call my home. And back in 1976, I went to the States and met my wife. I didn't speak any English when I went to the States, basically, so that's another story. But I um, went to the States, and shortly after, Kathy and I met. Across, I don't know how many of you in here are at cross-cultural marriage. I mean, it works great as long as the man comes from the higher developed country or society. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, we have been married now for 40, this in coming May, we'll, we'll have been married 44 years. I was 12 when I got married. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy was eight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, um, okay, so a little more geography. Uh, you know where the Philippines are? Right north of, of Indonesia, uh, uh, east of the mainland of, of Vietnam. And Kathy and I spent... 30 years in the Philippines, from 1986 till 2016. We went to the Philippines in 86 with our three young children. At that point, they were 
3, no, 1, 3, and 4. And um, we uh, spent a year south of Manila learning Tagalog. And then we moved to a small island in the southwestern corner of the Philippines. A small island, uh, very remote. You can't hardly be more remote being in the Philippines than when you are in Balapak. And that's where we lived till 2001. But people on the island were Muslims. And uh, we went down there as church planters. And then in 95, we started translating scriptures into their language. We lived there till 2001. And then the peace and order situation got to be so difficult that we were told that we had to move off the island. We didn't have a choice. So we moved to the province of the whole area where we were, province and the capital city there is called Porta Princesa. And we lived there from basically for 15 years from 2001 till 2016. Okay, so. And then the last lesson in geography is you all know where Italy is. Okay. And in 2016, Kathy and I moved to Italy and we've been living there ever since. The reason why we moved to Italy is that our, our daughter, our oldest child, and their husband and family live in Italy. They're missionaries with GLO. They've been there for, for 20 years now. And uh, what happened was um, our daughter had been told that she couldn't have any more children. They had one son, and he was about 12. So they decided to adopt two girls. And then, as often happens, she got pregnant. And at the same time, she, there were some health problems with the severe headaches and fluid buildup back here. So they asked if we would come and help them. Basically, it was going to be very difficult for them to continue on in the ministry. Uh, and so it, it would be helped them a great deal if we would move to Italy and we could help them with the kids and stuff like that as, as we continued on our ministry. So that's what we did. And I, my ministry is still, I finished our translation in 2012, okay, into a Muslim language. And um, now my ministry since 2012 has been, I'm a translation consultant. You know what a consultant is. It's someone who no longer is capable of doing what he used to do, so now he's consulting others. Um, so um, I've been working as a translation consultant since 2012, and I can do that being in Italy, because so much of my work is on the computer corresponding with translators. And then we go to the Philippines once or twice a year. We try to, to aim at twice a year, but then COVID came, so everything has been kind of wacko, uh, uh, yeah, till last year. And we were able to spend three months in the Philippines again last year. And we work with, um, I work as a consultant for, for Graham Fleming, also for Hannah Fleming, and uh, then also several other translators uh, in the Philippines. I've also done consultant work in, in Papua New Guinea and in Thailand, um, and uh, also been involved with some other aspects too. Um, and it's, it's just a huge privilege to be involved in the ministry of translating the Word of God, to see people that did not understand the Scriptures and have it translated for them and see them understand the Word of God. It's just a huge privilege. So, missions-wise, I have basically three challenges for you to consider this morning, okay? One is, as I said, we worked with Muslims for many, many years, and we're still involved in that. There's a huge need for people to reach out to the Muslim community, okay? That's the first challenge. Second thing is <clears throat> translation work. There is a desperate need for translators. 
There's so many people that do not have the Word of God in their language. And there are many people that have some sort of a Bible, that, but it's not translated in such a way that they really understand it. There's a huge, huge need for translators. And then the third challenge, and you may think this is the easiest, but probably it's the most difficult. There's a huge need for missionaries in Italy. And you think, wow, moving to Italy, that would be... Yeah, it's a beautiful country, beautiful country. But it's also known as the missionary's graveyard because it is, it's the heart of Catholicism. It's, it's, people are, are just immunized, immunized for, for the gospel. And there is, if I was to compare the needs really in, in the Philippines and Italy, it's, it's really, to be true, it's, it's far greater in Italy. There is just... The province where we live in is just a handful of, of, of evangelical churches. So three challenges for you guys, okay? Muslims, maybe the Lord has something for you to work with Muslims. Translation work, maybe the Lord has something for you in translation work. Or Italy, okay? There are needs all over the world. And uh, it would be neat if the Lord challenged somebody in here this morning to go to one of those places. It's not easy. It's hard. But it is very, very rewarding. So thank you so much. And now we'll go to Mark. And we'll be basically staying with Mark 6.53. Okay? Where it says, When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And moored to the shore. That's Mark 553, okay? And what we're going to be looking at this morning is we're looking at this verse in three parts, okay? In three parts. When they had crossed over, that's the first part, they came to the land of Gennesaret, that's the second part, and moored to the shore, that's the third part, okay? And we'll be looking and see what the Lord has to give us out of this short verse. And I think there's a lot of things that the Lord can teach us out of this one simple verse. Um, okay, first thing that when they had crossed over, that's the verse begins with when they had crossed over. And the things I want to point out here is that we're all crossing over to the other side. Okay, I will get to that more. And we're also all in the various stages of this crossing over, on, on, on this crossing over, on the stages of this journey. And then the third, we're not alone going over to the other side. Okay, those three. First, we're all crossing over. It's interesting if you look at, at, at this passage and you look at chapter 4, you look at chapter 5, you look at chapter 6, and you look at chapter 8. In all of these chapters, we find the disciples on a journey, on that lake, crossing over on the lake. Huh? In chapter 4, we read, he said to them, let us go to across to the other side. Jesus says to his disciples, we're going to cross the lake and we're going to go over to the other side. In Mark 5, 21, he says, and when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, he uh, was beside the sea. Chapter 6 that we're looking at right now. Immediately he made his disciples go into the boat and go before him to the other side. And then chapter 8, verse 13. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. It's interesting how often we find this picture. And it's interesting too if you look at the book of Acts. The book of Acts ends basically second to the last chapter with this huge crossing where they get and they get into a storm and the boat breaks apart when they run ashore and it's a crossing over huh? and then the life is life doesn't stand still you're not 
today where you were a year ago. A year from now, you're not going to be where you are right now. We're all on a journey, and a lot of things happen to us on this journey. A lot of these things are very difficult. They can be devastating because we are on a journey, and on the journey, there are going to be storms. There are going to be difficulties. We're all crossing over to the other side. We're all on a journey. And the second thing is, we're all in various stages on, the, on this journey. Okay, it says there, if you look at, at um, 634, that when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. Okay, when he went ashore, that was part of the journey. Some of you right now have just gone ashore. Some of you have just started school. Some of you have just gotten married. Some of you have just moved. Some of you have just started a new job. You're, you're in on this journey, but, but you're just now gone ashore. Huh? If you go look at verse 35, and when it grew late, okay? And that's where some of you are on this journey. You, you, you've been on this journey for a while, and it's become late. It's, it's, it's getting dark. Time has gone, gone and you, you sense that it's late, okay? And then it says in verse 38, when they had found out, okay? And this talks about they had found out that they didn't have enough. And some of you are on the journey, and then you set out on this journey, and you had high hopes, but you'll come to a place in the journey where you realize that I don't have the resources I need. I thought I could handle it, but I really don't have what it takes. And you're desperate because you didn't expect it was going to end like this. You, you, you were so sure when you started out on this journey that you knew exactly what you were doing. And you'll come to a place in this journey now where you find that, no, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I thought I could handle the storms, but I find right now, no, I can't handle the storms. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're crying out. You know, we've, we're all in these different stages on this journey. Yeah? We've, as I said, some of us just set out. Some have come close to the end of the journey. And some of us, all of us maybe, have come to a place in the journey where we say, wow, I didn't expect this. I didn't see this coming. And we're all, all of us, on different stages of the journey. And then thirdly, um, we're also in various, uh, um, we're all in various stages of the journey. I, I read the first three verses there. There's two more uh, coming here. And, and there's two more on, on this journey. And when after he had taken leave of them, it says, huh? they're on the journey. Have you sensed maybe you'll come to a place where you feel that right now you're at a stage in life where you don't sense the Lord's presence in the way that you used to? You, you come to a place where you really feel like the Lord has taken leave of me. I it used to be feel so good. It used to, I used to sense this joy and this fellowship and, and direction and all that. And right now, I'm at a place in the journey where, where I, it feels like he's taking leave of me. That's where the disciples were at in this journey. They, the, the Lord was not there. Of course, the Lord knew where, where they were, and he was coming to them. But right now for them, they felt like they were in the stage where they were abandoned. And do you remember in, in, in uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, The Screwtape Letters, where the senior devil says to the junior level, he says, you need to watch out. When, when those humans, when those believers, when they get to the place where they no longer feel God's presence, but they still believe, that's when we have lost them. 
See what I'm saying? When they get to those dry places in life where, where the joy is gone, but they still cling to him, they still believe, that's when you lost them. And that's why the Lord allows you in your journey to get to those places where you, you are right there, but after he, he feels like he's taking leave of you. And you're crying out, say, Lord, what's happening? But still, you choose to trust him, to be at that part in the journey. Huh? And then in verse 49, it says, when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought he was a ghost, and they cried out. Again, when the Lord is coming to you, and, but you don't, you don't recognize him, and you see the sickness that's coming at you, and say, Lord, what's happening? And you don't realize this is really the Lord coming to you. When you lose that job, and you think, Lord, what happened? And when these things happen, and, and you think it's a ghost, but in reality, it's the Lord coming to you. And he's going to help you to experience the Lord in a way that you've never experienced before, okay? We're at these various stages in our journey. We're all crossing over. And the Lord's saying, to look, trust me. Trust me. Another thing, too, that I want to realize as we're on this journey is that we're not alone in this journey. What I mean, yeah, the Lord's with us, but we also have one another, Many of us, just look at those verses there first, okay? It says, see what I've written in bold? What's the letter I've written in bold? They, them, 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 they, 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 them, them. The disciples, the disciples, there was not one disciple that was alone in his boat, okay? They were together going across the sea. And what the enemy wants to impress upon you is that you are alone, Nobody in here understands the problems you have. Nobody has it quite as difficult as you have. You, there's no way that you can tell anyone what you're going through because they would reject you. You have to kind of hide a little bit because if you, if you really told people, no, no, I can't. And we think that we are traveling alone on this journey. There were 12 disciples on that boat, okay? And uh, uh, Rembrandt, the Dutch painter Rembrandt, uh, painted a picture of Jesus and disciples in the storm. And well, if you look closely at that painting that Rembrandt did, you see he painted himself on the boat too. He was on the boat too. And think about it this morning. You were on that boat with the disciples. In that storm, when it was dark, and they were scared, you were right there with them. Okay, we're not alone on that boat. We're together. And the Lord never, never designed it that it would be just you and Jesus. No. You're part of the body. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a part of the body of Christ. Okay? So we are not crossing over to the other side alone. We're part of the body of Christ. And uh, then we go to the second part of the verse that I said we'll look at. It says that they came to the land of Gennesaret, okay? We'll first look at that they came, okay? What's implied in the fact that they came to land. They came. The second thing is that they came to land. And then we'll look at the significance of the fact that they came to Gennesaret, okay? First, they came. Uh, the key verse in the Gospel of Mark is Mark 4, 10, 45, where it says that for even the Son of Man, what did, he came not to, serve, not to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life for many. And in Mark 2, 17, it says about Jesus, he says, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. That they came, we have all come to a certain place, okay? You weren't where you are right now. You weren't there last year. You weren't there two years ago. And if you're going to look at your life a few years from now, you'll have come to a place where you're not right now. Jesus, he came to earth. He was with people. He was in challenging circumstances because God had sent them on the mission. Wherever you have come to right now, realize you come there because God somehow or another had a hand in it. God somehow allowed you to come to the situation where you're right now, okay? You have, we have all come to the place where we are right now because God somehow allowed it, okay? You may have come to the place you're in right now because of disobedience. You may have come to the place you're in right now because you're running away from God. I don't know. Or because you didn't listen to God as he was leading you. I, I don't know why you have come to the place where you're right now, but you need to realize that you have come to a place and somehow God is planning on doing something great through you right where you are right now if you'll listen to him, okay? So you've all, we have come to land. We have come right now where we are and God is the God of miracles, okay? He's the God of miracles. And then it says that they came, okay? I mentioned they and them earlier. This is a little bit different because what happened? As they were on the boat, who came walking toward them? Jesus. Remember, he came walking on the water and he came into the boat. And so when they came to shore, Jesus was with them. On the picture that we've been looking at here, see where Jesus gets off the boat, they came Jesus came with them. So right now, wherever you are, whatever your situation is, realize you didn't come to this place alone. Jesus came with you, okay? He is with us, and he knows what he's doing. And then the third thing where it says that they came, to, where did they come to? They came to Gennesaret, okay? You look at that map, you see where Gennesaret is on, on, on the, a little bit to the west, um, Gennesaret over there with the gray area. And that's where they came, okay? Follow me. Um, you see the place where it says Bethsaida of north, of the right north of the, the lake? Okay, remember that? And basically when they left, left where they were going, they were somewhere between Gennesaret and Bethsaida, okay? Just geography, Gennesaret is further to the, to the west. Bethsaida is north. And they would have left somewhere between there, okay? So let's look at uh, these verses here. It says that in 45 and 46, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before them to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray, okay? And then it says in four, uh, verse 46, uh, 48, they were making headway painfully, and for the wind was against them. Matthew says, and by, the, uh, by boat, by the time, uh, by, the, uh, by boat, by the time was a long way from the land, 
beaten by the waves, for the wind was what? Was against them. And, okay, if you look at, where did Jesus tell them to go? Jesus told them to go to Bethsaida. And actually, it was saying, go east. And then they, when they come to where they're going, they end up in Gennesaret. And if you look at what commentaries are saying, some of these learned men, they want to cut up the system. Well, it's actually... He tells actually of two journeys here where one where they leave and then he, he jumps into another journey where, where he actually lands in Gennesaret. And then they try in all kinds of fancy ways to tell how, how the story, how it makes sense. But the explanation that really, and there's a lot of scholars that say this too, but the journey that makes most sense is that they went and your islanders, all, all of you too, and you know, you know what, what, what the ocean can be like. Um, they left. They encountered a storm. They were heading to Bethsaida. But they were driven, of course. And when they got on shore, it was Gennesaret. It was not Bethsaida. Okay? And many, many of you in here, maybe all, have, have known what it's like to take off for Bethsaida. And you had all kinds of plans. We're going to do this, 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 and this, and this. And then the storm has hit. And you find yourself in Gennesaret. Maybe some of you in here, a few years ago, you got married. You had all these high dreams. And it was going to be so fantastic. And this morning, you're sitting here alone. That marriage that was going to be so wonderful, it's a nightmare to think back on. You did not. You had no plans of ending up in Gennesaret. But the storm hit. And you never arrived at Bethsaida. Some of you are sitting here and, and you raised children and you had such high hopes for the children. You gave them biblical names, took them to church. You had all these great dreams. Kids are not in church with you this morning. Kids want nothing to do with the Lord. You were hoping to take them, if you can take that picture, you were hoping to take them to Bethsaida. But storms hit, and you end up in Gennesaret. And you're sitting there this morning, you're blaming yourself, you're thinking, whoa, what, what happened? There are others, and in other areas, maybe it was a job that you had high hopes in. Or there was a friendship of some sort. Something happened. And this morning, as you're sitting here this morning, you're finding yourself in Gennesaret. And that's not where you were heading. You were heading to Bethsaida. You had no idea that a storm was going to hit, or, or you, yeah, you knew kind of storm was going to hit, but you had no idea that it was going to be that kind of a storm. And, and you think, my life's wasted. I mentioned this morning about needs with Muslims and, and, and the translation work, and also in Italy, and you think that's, that's a joke. That's for somebody else. I have drifted so far, of course, of where I was heading that that's all, that's also past. I, I'm a Gennesaret. I'm in Gennesaret. And that's, that's, yeah, that's not what I wanted to happen to my life. But look at how the verse ends. It ends and it says, and more to the shore. Okay, they more to the shore. In other words, and the NIV says they anchored there. And, and, and New Living Translation says that they bought the boat to shore. They, they went to shore when they got there. They didn't just stand there and go, oh my goodness, what do we do now? What do we do now? No, they, they anchored the boat right there and 
Look at that picture. Jesus went on shore and they followed him. There's so many people that, yeah, they entered the Gennesaret and they're so devastated they refuse to get out of the boat. They refuse to get out of the boat. They just sit in that boat and go, oh no, oh no. Oh no, oh no. You know, if, if, and then you start blaming the other guys on the boat and says, if this guy would have done this and that guy, we wouldn't have drifted, if we wouldn't have gone off course if we, as we did and so on. No. Jesus was with them. Jesus got out the boat. They got right off the boat with them. And then see how it ends. It says, when they had crossed over and they came to the land of Gennesaret, they moored uh, to the shore and then it says, and then when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him. Recognized whom? Jesus. And they ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick and so on. Jesus got off the boat and they just followed Jesus. And there was an incredible ministry. There were incredible blessings ahead. It was not like, okay, you know, if you were to land beside that, then all these incredible things that would have been waiting for you there. And, and you would have been able to do all these incredible things, but you end up in Gennesaret. You're done. No. They got, followed Jesus as Jesus went ashore. And there were all kinds of opportunities waiting for them. That's our God. That's the God of miracles. He's not the God who said, well, I had one plan for you and you blew it. Sorry. No. That's not God. He says, if you will follow, if you will take me on boat, on, on the board, with, boat with you. And if you'll follow me, I have incredible things in store for you. So the application to us is, anchor the boat. Get off out of the boat. Follow Jesus on shore and see what he has for you. Okay? Don't let the enemy say you're finished. You end up again, Nazareth, and you're done. Uh, God would have done incredible things for you if you just let them take you to Bethsaida, but you didn't. You're done. No. God is a God of miracles. And it's, it's, it's almost irrelevant where the storm has taken you. Jesus has been on the boat with you. So anchor the boat and get on shore. Follow Jesus and see what you're going to do together. It's exciting. It's exciting to follow the Lord. So keep following him, okay? Thank you so much.